Good morning. Well, we're in a new series today. If you've got the Bible with you, why don't you turn over to the book of Hebrews, because we're going to get there in a few moments. Uh, I want to read first. We're going to, main text will be out of Hebrews, but I want you to see Psalm 119, verse uh, 7. I just want to read this to you out in New Living Translation. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. You know, the goal of a Christian is to become like Jesus, to, to live like Jesus, to emulate Jesus, to project Jesus on our families, on our world, on our communities. And um, so this morning I want to talk about, well, if you're doing that, then you need to be anchored in something. And we want to anchor in the truth of Jesus Christ. We want to anchor in the scriptures. And this morning, uh, several weeks ago, I talked about the word. I'm going to kind of do it from a little different angle. But this big thought today is God's word is enough. And I really believe that. And, and for a lot of you, I know that's true. And for some of you, you're not totally convinced. And in some ways we might know that would be, and I wouldn't ask you to raise your hands, but if you thought, how much time do you spend in the Word on a weekly basis, on a daily basis? Have you been in the Word today? Have you been in the Word this week? Is it a consistent, steady appetite of your life? I, I know for a lot of us guys, and I know there's guys that hate sports, and I understand there's other things that I hate, but, you know, we just endure one another. And the church said, we'll be friends. I mean, I'm not a hunter or a fisherman, but I, but I like it, and it's cool. But, I mean, it's not like I spend my life watching that or the Golf Channel, but I do like football. So I, I know this. A lot of times we will find the things that we like, we will find the time to do. Would you agree? And we'll go to a lot of sports enthusiasts. We like ESPN. We go watch that. And, and, and it's really kind of funny to me because we just saw it on Saturday, but we want to watch it over and over and over. And then they have figured out how to make money that they can uh, replay uh, games from three and four and five ten years ago and people will watch it i mean it's just amazing but yet we have sacred text called scripture that is god's living word that reads us and a lot of times we'll just kind of ignore it push it on the side we'll have times that we do so it's not to beat us up but mark six thirty seven. listen to this it's uh, the whole thought here is how much is enough or what how many believe he is more than enough because jesus had fed thousands of people in his ministry he would be on the mountainsides he'd be down by the lake he'd be in the boat and he would preach and teach about the kingdom of god but then sometimes the meetings would go a long time and it was a need to fill their bellies with food and then this one verse in 637 he goes he tells the disciples now guys you give them something to eat and there's no hardies there's no uh hungry howies there there man there's no papa john's i mean there's nothing to run down there and get them something he's like man how am i going to do this and yet they're thinking how how would it and somebody in one of the scriptures offers up some loaves and fishes for thousands of multitudes and like oh jesus and they look you're you're an incredible moral teacher authority you are the word you are life but you're not real good at math jesus <laughs> How are we going to feed all these hungry people? Have you ever noticed when we get hungry, we whine? Turn to the person next to you and go, you whine every time you get hungry. Just turn to them. Tell them that. We've coined a new word. It's called hangry. And a lot of times, like, man, and right now, if I go too long, you would get mean. Somebody said, no, I wouldn't get mean. I'd just walk out. My dinner bell went off. It's time to eat. Okay. So how much? Today, we're facing maybe some not enough situations maybe your situation is you're anxious you're weary you're overwhelmed nancy sent me a thing this week about uh, somebody she works with and their son had taken their life it's almost become an epidemic it seems like lately that young and old and middle age alike are taking their lives somehow life wasn't enough 
But what I'll suggest, what I'll submit, what I know is that Jesus is enough every time. Amen? See, if you're like me, bills keep coming to your house in the good times and the bad times. But my, my post office lady, she never says, you know what? You're such a good man. I'm going to stop bringing bills to your house. Matter of fact, my mail, mail carrier is an Alabama fan, and I fly an Auburn flag sometimes on my mailbox. She has left me some not godly, no, she, she's an awesome woman, I'm very gracious to her. But wouldn't it be good if you're, you're saying, well, I don't know if it'd be good, because if, if she didn't show up, then I'd get put in prison because I didn't pay my bills and I, I need to pay. But here it is, too many doctor's appointments. That seems like sometimes you've got a lot of doctor's appointments, is God enough? And they don't give you definitive answers. They just give you some vague diagnosis, but you want to be specific. Maybe you're trying to interview for a job, and there's too many job interviews, but there's no jobs to be had. There's too many demands, but not enough solutions on the table. All I know is over and over and over, Jesus can use his power in our life, as he does in this story, and his power is multiplying incredible effects in our life. So God, we want you to come today and to show us that your word, your alive, living text is enough for my weary soul in and out of season that I'm walking with you. That, Lord, your love is excessive, that your grace is multiplied, even has, has been multiplied in this service this morning. That, Lord, your provisions are abundant. But, Lord, what I really get excited, your compassion is endless. That's the mercy and love of Jesus. He's so compassionate. Right now, I'm thinking about how he's been compassionate to me in my journey of faith, and he's been compassionate to you. Have you just thanked him? I, I feel like this morning, after you go to the table, you're always grateful, like, God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for this experience. Thank you for my friends. Thanks for forgiveness. But we need an anchor, an anchor. And that's what this series is. We, we need an anchor. You, you go out in a boat, and you're in a little boat, your big boat, they throw these monster anchors, but those anchors prevent the ship, the boat, from what? From drift. And if you don't have an anchor, you just kind of carry it along however the current or however life takes you. So what I say so many different ways, but it always comes back to the same thing. If you and I do not tether, if we don't attach, if we don't connect ourselves to this book, we blow with every wind, cunning device, scheme of this world. Anything that sounds good, anything that itches our ears, we'll blow with it if we don't know the truth. And the church said, I need to know the truth. And I teach the truth. I've been teaching the truth for 35 years pastorally. I've been teaching it almost 40 as a believer. And I read and I study and I still feel like I'm in kindergarten and I've just scratched the surface of the treasures of the kingdom of God. And here's what I'm just begging you that, man, somehow God is going to give you an appetite like he gives you for food, like he gives you for your recreation, like he gives you for whatever you're passionate about, that you become passionate about the word of God. Do I have a witness? Because we all got storms. We all got hard times. We all got problems. Maybe you're not in one today, and that's awesome. But the, the word I just wrote right here, there's a message question. Is your not enough situation giving you an empty rumbling of doubt and discouragement? And you have to answer that for yourself because sometimes it just seems like not enough. Not enough faith. Not enough friends. Not enough community. Not enough of the word not enough money, not enough health. I don't know what it is, but God help us. But see, if we don't look to the Word, and the Word is Christ incarnate, we get distracted. And 
I wrote down a verse, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. And I want you to listen to it from the ESV translation. Making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for a hidden treasures, then and only then will you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. See, this, this book is a jewel. This book is a treasure. Lord, may it be a treasure to our hearts, to our souls, that we hide your word, as the psalmist said, in our hearts that we don't sin against you. But, you know, sometimes we get distracted. If, if I can be real honest, I have a study at home and I have a study here, so I, I have some really cool places to study the word of God. I know a lot of you go, man, Keith, I got a, I got a coffee cup and a tree. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, that's a pretty awesome place. Somebody say, man, it's my kitchen table, it's my closet. Uh, it's my office. I, I have people all the time tell me they get to the office, number one, and they get there not to rob their employer of their time. They get there early so they can open with the Word of God and have devotions and then start their day. And I think, man, that's a, that's a sacred place. But the thing is, if we're honest, it's easy to get distracted in life. And sometimes it's easy to get distracted when you're with the most important person, the Lord himself, in his Word. I wouldn't ask you to raise your hand, but I think I'm just speaking to your heart as I speak to my heart. Man, I, I consistently read the Word. I mean, I've been doing that for decades, and I love the Word. But I'm going to tell you, I get distracted just like you, and i got to do this, and I need to run out and do this. And, or, hey, I, I want to get my walk in because Donna just tell you, I'm just religious about my walk, man. I love to walk. When I'm hurt and I can't walk, it, it ain't good. And so the thing is, but I'm like, but Jesus, I've got to make sure that I keep coming to you, the source of life. And I'm begging you, friends, are you running to the source of the life every day? And I encourage you to do it in the morning. I know some of you will give me all the excuses why you can't do it in the morning because you start your day at 4.30 in the morning and you go to work. And, da -da -da, and I'm going, man, you get up early. But then I know some of you in this room that get up at 4.30 to meet with God. And you get up at 5 o'clock and you get up at 6 to meet with him. And then you do your things and you get to work. And yeah, and then somebody said, well, I'll wait tonight. And I'm not going to sit here and debate about can you do it in the morning or night. I think morning is probably better because you, you, you tend to not mess the day up and you get direction for that day. And at night, if you're not careful, just things crowded in. But Paul, in one of his books, the book of Colossae, Colossians and the church of Colossae, he goes, I pray that they'll be filled with knowledge of God's will and spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. That'd be a good prayer for us today. Lord, fill us with a knowledge, a wisdom, and understanding. Would you illuminate our hearts? Would you give us revelation as we spend time in your word that we might be inclined to do your will above other things, that we'll strive to honor you? You know, worldly distractions. We sung, sang this song this morning about here in your presence. There's no place I'd rather be. But the world knows how to distract us. Do I, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is there a lot of distractions in your life that pull you away from the Word of God? You're saying, yeah, it's my dog. Dog's always like, man, I, I need you to take me out. It's my cat. It's, it's my kid. Uh, you, young moms, man, they're like, I just want to sit with Jesus and my kid. Eh, eh. They want to eat. They, they want to, they, and sometimes if you don't watch your kids, have you ever noticed this, moms or dads, when you're watching them? When you don't watch your kids, your kids can get in mischief. They get into things that you wish they hadn't gotten into. You're saying, that's what I get for trying to take time. I'm, I'm just making a plea, man. We've got to find time 
But probably the classic story is over in Luke 10, and I'm not going to read it because I've preached it, but the, the thing is it's just Mary and Martha. And man, Mary chooses the greater thing. She chooses to be a worshiper. And Martha, she just chooses to cook and work in there and complain about her sister ain't helping her. But Martha's distracted and Mary treasures and honors Jesus. And we talked about it a lot, but the, the principle is always true that you and I just need to find out how we're going to get somehow away from some of the distractions that sidetrack us and keep us from drilling down deep in the presence of Jesus and fixing our eyes upon him and not upon this world. And it's so easy to give platitudes or to give a word about this or to talk about this, but it's so hard to practice it day in and day out. So how easily I get caught up or you and discouraged by circumstances of our day away from the Savior. But what I know is when I read the Gospels, Jesus is busy. Man, he is active. He has this lifestyle that is consumed with people. I mean, Jesus would just walk somewhere and people, and he'd go down to the waterside. And wherever he was, there were people. And that's why the scriptures tells us over and over, Jesus would just withdraw to the mountainside to a solitary place because he knew he needed to talk to Abba, his father, and he needed to get perspective. So that's my prayer today is this whole anchored series that, God, your word's enough. And we all say in the church, yes, amen, brother, amen. But when it comes down to daily, do we really think God's word is enough for our situation? Our lives don't always reflect that. So it's not to, to beat up on anybody. It's just to say, hey, God, Jesus was always full of compassion, even though the needs were vast and many. I love that about Jesus. He just, like uh, this week, we had several things going on. I had a meeting, had something else come in. A call came in. I was trying to get something out. And then I had a meeting across town to go meet with this person for our strategic partner. So the morning was packed. I was into seconds. And Rhoda was up here. She was cleaning our church, just in a marvelous job. Bless that woman. And she comes in the house and goes, Pastor Keith, you're needed up front now. You know that now word? It means like immediately. And I walked up there, and there was a young man. wasn't young, but he's about my age. <laughs> I call him young because it makes me not old. Anyway, I go down there, and there's this man, and he's deeply disturbed and troubled. And we stopped and we spent time and had prayer and discussed and got him, got him some help. And some people had to come and actually try to put him in a place so they could try to help him. Things just didn't make sense. And, I, and, and at first, when it first hit, I mean, Rhoda walked out and I thought, Lord, you, you know what's got to happen right now? He said, yeah, I know. Right now you need to walk up to the front office. And going down there and seeing this new friend in his, in his pain. And I was so grateful for some godly women in our office that we're trying to bring assistance as we tried to help him. And I thought about the ministry of Jesus. How many times do you think Jesus like, hey, I was just going out here, I wanted to play stickball. I, there's not a verse in there, you can't find it, okay. Or I just wanted to go, I just wanted to go there and build a, I want, Chris, you're a carpenter. Maybe he just wanted to go there and, I just want to build a, a cabinet for, for my mom. And everybody's like, no, Jesus, you got to go heal people. But Jesus always had compassion and he was steadfastly committed to the way of the Father. And we know that because then he walks the Via del Rosa and he walks the way of the cross. What, what a Savior. Distractions they're, from spiritual growth, they're common. They're material, emotional, relational, spiritual. They come to us in a million ways. But the thing I just say very quickly is we've just got to learn how not to focus so much on the unimportant because people are always the mission of God. Amen? Women, amen? 
What's our thing? Love God and love stuff. Man, that, that'd be the motto of the consumeristic, materialistic church. Love God and love me. No, our, our statement, I mean, every time I look at it, I'm reminded about if I'm doing it or I'm not doing it. Love God and love others. God, this past week, gave me several opportunities to love in some different situations, and I was grateful for that. And I kept thinking, man, that's what our church is supposed to be on mission. Together, love God, love others, not being distracted by all the devices and everything that robs me of my time and disconnects me and interrupts me. Ellen White made the point, the one thing that Martha needed was a calm, devotional spirit. She needed less anxiety for the things which pass away and more for the things that will endure forever. I think she got that. I really do. So the Word of God is the most powerful truth on earth. Would you just write that out there today? The Word of God is the most powerful truth on earth. We'll attach ourselves to truths and have truths, but this is the complete, unequivocal truth of the living God that we read it, absorb it, follow the Word of God. For without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. But faith comes by what hearing the word of god as i speak it some of you your faith is being built even now as i speak forth the word of christ as you read as you read the word out loud your faith comes man every time i read the stories of jesus i read the stories of the of the characters in old and new testament i read the living pages of scripture i have to get faith i have to make a decision Something wells up in me. I get spiritual strength. I get soul food. I mean, here's the original soul food, okay? Okay, I thought it was cute. Anyway, maybe you didn't. Here it is. The food for the soul. It's the nourishment of the kingdom. God's word. And Christians who neglect God's word grow weaker and weaker day after day till ultimately they are defeated by the world. The world's great. The world's systems are great and mighty and lofty. But greater is he that is in me and you by faith than he that is in the world. But I have to feed it. That's why every day I'm just like, God, God, I got to spend time in your presence, Lord. That's why I love these prayer walks. They, They make me focus on the eternal. They make me focus on my good and loving Father. And when I don't have those rich, long, meaningful prayer walks, I know the difference. When you don't have your prayer time, you know the difference. When you don't have the time in the Word, people know. More than that, the Father knows. So I'm hoping that somebody will say, I want to be filled up. I want to be baptized with the Word. I want to feast on the Word. I mean, we've got a great national holiday coming up in just weeks. Can y'all believe that? It's going to be Thanksgiving again. And none of you are going to eat. We're all going to fast this year for Thanksgiving. I don't think that's going to happen. Charles went, no. Okay. And man, we're going to, we're going to, could we be honest? Some of us are going to gorge a little bit on some food. We're going to participate in, in something really good, aren't we, church? Did you know we're having our faith family Christmas dinner here in December? And we're going to have a marvelous meal. And Christy, I'm putting in for cheesecake now. Okay, let me keep going. And, uh, and it, it's going to be awesome. And we're going to eat. And the kids this year, our children are going to sing a couple of songs. And then our adults, we're changing up from the big night of worship. It's going to be a very family Christmas. 
and I'll watch you, and I'll watch me, and we'll go through the line twice. Some of you are like, Pastor, I'm just going to have a little bit. All right, well, don't you're lying in church. Here you go, all right. The Holy Spirit, don't you love when you get in the Word and the Holy Spirit quickens a passage to your soul that this, this Word is a now Word. This Word is for you today. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you as I learn to live as you. Look at the message. Uh, I've got that in the dist- I want you to look at this message truth. I'm going to come back to how to read the Word. Look there at the bottom. The Word of God is the anchor for our soul. It's sure and it's steadfast and it's immovable and it's strong for the ages. And when storms come, the anchor secures the boat, the ship, in the raging storm. And when the storms and the emotions and the challenges and the hard things and the enemies or whatever come to us in life, when we anchor to the word of Jesus, we do not move. We are immovable. We are steadfast. We are sure. That's what God's word teaches, that the Lord wants to put us in. The, the, the word of God, if I wasn't so passionate about it, the word of God is trustworthy. The word of God is, is credible. The word of God is enough. I want to come back to that word, enough. And I'm just trying to convince the convinced that there's somebody here today that maybe doesn't have faith that'll convince, they'll be convinced by the Holy Spirit. He'll draw you unto Jesus and you'll begin to anchor to the Word and go, Lord, Scripture is sufficient. See, I could do a whole thing about the sufficiency of Scripture. And that'd be a great in-depth study. But what I want to just say to us is the Word is for the king, it's for the priest, it's for the prophet, it's for the people of God. It's the whole thing about the Protestant Reformation. The Word needed to get to the people. I'm thankful for Wycliffe and all the translators and, and the people that have brought the Word of God to English and they brought the Word of God to us. How many of you love that you have the Word of God acceptable, accessible to you so easily? You can just go over and get it anywhere you want to. Aren't you grateful for that? But in this country, we have so much of it, we tend to ignore it. So God, do a new work that we take you at your Word, that we... We seek to pray for the illumination of the Spirit. That God, I pray that when you read the Word this afternoon or this evening or, this, or in the morning when you rise, that God would bring a passage to life for you for that day. And that Word would be the Word that would feed and nourish and strengthen and enable your soul for the journey You'd be greater because you spent time in the presence of Jesus and you had something that you saw with clear clarity about how good he is. Look there in this box. I did it in a little different way, but here's another little thing about how to read the Bible. So let's just look at these. Read it at a set time each day. There'll be times when that gets knocked out, but at least make it your discipline, your pattern, that you choose to read it, that you're tempted to get sidetracked. You go, but Lord, I've carved out this time that I might be a student, that I might read your word. Look at the second one. Distinguish between reading and studying. See, I love to read the scriptures. But then there's a time when you come back and you pull out a Greek New Testament or you pull out Bible commentaries or, or you pull out other things and you begin to just do cross-referencing. You begin to study and you dig into a passage. And there's a time to read and there's a time to study. 
And a lot of our women around here, they love to do these Beth Moore studies. They're doing some marvelous studies. It's right there in your worship guide. Women, if you're not in one of our small groups or you can find time, I encourage you maybe to make your way over there. I, I meet almost new women every single week. You know, we had two new women this past Wednesday night that came to the study. I think they heard, man, there was something going on. There was life there, distinguishing. Look at the third one. Use a balanced Bible reading plan. People will ask me sometimes, like, how do I get in the Word? How do I study the Bible? And there's uh, several tools, but using the one-year Bible is a good one. And the thing that I'll just teach you real quickly is if you'll learn to maybe read some Psalm and Proverb every day and a passage from the Old Testament and the New Testament, you have a chance to get a more balanced diet. And also sometimes you get stuck in an Old Testament passage and it doesn't seem to be really speaking to you, but the New Testament comes to life or the Proverb or the Psalm. I just encourage us to say, God, help me to have a balanced diet. I mean, how many of you would just want to eat hamburgers every day? I mean, it don't sound bad to me. But I mean, like, how, 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 here you go. How about pizza? I just want you to eat pizza every meal. You know, I'm thinking gross. I mean, I like pizza, but it, I'm like, when I go over to Costco, one of my favorite restaurants, and, and, and I go in there, I like to get the hot dog. I like to eat the hot dog once a week, and Donna knows it. And uh, I've confessed that to her. And, uh, but, uh, and they got all these pizzas. And I ask them sometimes, I'll be, you know, I've usually got lines, and I don't talk to people when they're in lines. I just greet them and bless you and whatever. But, but if it's slow, I'll go, hey, I just want to know. How much of this do you eat? And they look at me like, man, if I see another pizza, I cook pizza right here all day. It is gross. I, I don't want to eat. I understand. So, you know, they eat different things. In, in the Word of God, we have different ways that we digest. Look at the fourth one. Read an easy-to-understand translation. For years, I try to vary the translation that I read every single year. One reason is I've been walking with Christ a long time, and I've, and I've read a lot of Scripture, and sometimes things get too familiar to me. And when I change that translation, I find that right there will stir my soul. I used to read, I thought you could only read NIV. I didn't think it was like the people that are just King James only. I wasn't like that, but I, I read that. My other friends read New American Standard, and other ones read New Century, and they read this. And then we got these other translations, and then when the NLT came out, I fought it for a while, and I finally bit in, and here it is right here. And one year, actually two different years, I decided to just read NLT for the year. And then I go back to NIV. Then I go to NAS. And then I'll go to maybe New Jerusalem or whatever. But the bottom line is you find a translation that you can understand the words. And uh, so I don't get hung up about paraphrases and all that. I just want to get you in the Word of God. And the church said, amen, read it. Fifth, highlight and underline words. Highlight, man, it, let me tell you, it will cost you a dollar. Go to the Dollar Tree and get you some highlighters, and you can have a big time. I mean, I don't think I could read my Bible without a highlighter. I love to highlight stuff. You ought to see my notes right now. They are highlighted hieroglyphics right now. If somebody had to come up and preach this message, they'd like, glory. But it's color-coded for me. My brain is just reading right off. I know exactly where I'm going. But highlight the Word of God. Begin to, to highlight, to underline, to draw a circle around a passage that you want to come back to or God just spoke to you so powerfully. Six identify at least one key takeaway every day when you read i'm not into sometimes like trying to how much you can read but god give me something for my soul today give me a takeaway something that i need to obey that i need to apply today and i think god will give that to us i really do you know don't get hung up on what you don't understand i mean there's a lot of things still i don't understand i'm like god i got i got to get more steady on that and then look at the seventh don't beat yourself up when you miss a day 
Don't, just don't beat yourself up. I, you know, I've been reading Scripture for a lot of times, and I've missed some days. I mean, I have. I'm, I'm being honest. I don't want to get struck dead. And I used to go, oh, I'm going to go to hell. Man, God doesn't love me. Well, I, I had 45 minutes in prayer. And I read this and this and this. But, man, somehow I skipped my discipline that day, and I didn't do good. I didn't go, woe is me. I'll go before the church, and they can flog me. Y'all throw rocks at me, okay? And then next week, we can bring your friend. We'll throw rocks at them. And before long, we won't have anybody in this church. No, man. You miss a day. You go, tomorrow. I'm going to pick it back up. Is anybody getting encouraged this morning in the Word of God? Amen? It's, a, it's an anchor for your soul. Mark Twain, listen to what he said. It ain't, the English is not very good. It ain't the parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. Don't be mere hearers, but be doers of the word, said James. See, a lot of times people are like, Pastor, give me something deep, deep, deep. Man, we can come here and do all kind of analytical and make it so deep, and everybody be like, oh, man, deep, man. What do we do? Deep, deep. Don't do anything deep. There's a place for deep. I, I like that. But, man, there's a place that God wants us to make our mark on the world. Amen? Hey, when, when the, uh, the Williford's, when y'all went to Mexico, that's what y'all wanted to be. Deep, deep. We just want to be deep. We're going to just sit in a cubicle and be deep. No, they gave their life away to the command of Jesus to follow him to another country, to another language, to another tribe, if you will, to give their life away to proclaiming Jesus through a ministry that's full of justice and mercy and ministers to the poor and the oppressed and marginalized. And their ministry is so rich in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We've had so much joy participating with their ministry for years now. Man, that's, a, that's a one y'all to pray for is that family right there. They're so, so beautiful. So I just wanted to give that to you, that, um, how, how rich God's word is. You know, you need to read it analytically, read it systematically. How does it all fit together? I understand all those things. I mean, it, it, that's good. And I'm not, in, I'm not encouraging you to read the Bible sloppily. Like some people go, what's your reading plan? They go, Pastor, whatever Caleb says, that's my word for the day. Okay, don't let me slam. I love Caleb, okay? And I love that everybody gets a verse for the day, but when everybody walks around, what's your verse for the day? And we all quote the same one because it was one verse, and I love Jesus. Well, that's good. I mean, that's better than nothing. I'll give you that. But we need to find out how to have a system when we read God's Word over time from cover to cover. Amen? Man, I, I remember, uh, you remember this, Tim? I remember Owen. Owen was a JAG officer that came to Christ community had a sharp mind grew up in the catholic church and had never read the word of god and he heard me say the word the great commission 25 times one sunday afterwards i want to have a conference with you yes sir we said and he goes what's this great commission stuff you keep talking about i said i'm glad you asked we turned over to matthew 28 we began to walk through the gospel he said okay he says so you think we should read this book every day i said i do owen i suggest you do that son of a gun went home and devoured it in a matter of weeks he made it serious becoming a student of god's word he'll still every once in a while he'll he'll have to fly to montgomery for some conference and he'll call me and he'll come see me and says do you remember and i go yeah i remember when you fell in love with the word of jesus christ 
and how it transformed you and your family. And he was very captivated. He read it in a reverent manner as we should, in an expectant, in a fervent manner that we just go, Lord, you're enough. Here, let me give you this passage. Turn over to Hebrews 6, 19. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And I'm going to say this morning, this hope, this is the hope of Jesus, but I'm going to say the hope of the word. It's an anchor that allows us not to shift and flow to and fro. And it's this hope that is not a wishful thought, but it is a confident expectation of an absolute certainty that I know this hope and the hope is Jesus. And it's the word. Lord, we want to know your word. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Lord, help us not to be so wanting, but to desiring you above the goods of this world. We all live in this world. It's easy to just want, want, want. We're coming up on Christmas and, and we'll always ask, what do you want for Christmas? But let's just submit this morning and say, Lord, what did you desire? And I think you'd say, I, I want you to desire me above all else. I want you to obey me and be my disciple. And I'll add all the other things if you seek my kingdom first. So, Lord, that's, that's what we pray this morning, that, Lord, we, we run to you, that David, I believe that David just got as much sin and messed up as he did, but the faithfulness of this champion, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in the highway. He makes me to lay down the green pastures. And the Lord restored his soul. That's what I pray today for, for me, for you. God, would you restore our souls because we want to be more in love with you than when we came in. And we want to elevate you over everything, hunting season and football season and cooking shows and shopping. And man, just throw, throw another demon in there. I mean, throw another thing in there. God, I want to love you above all things. And I want to please you, Lord. I, I don't want to want so much of this world, Lord. I, I want your word to generate life and faith and produce change in me. Lord, I want your word to frighten the Satan himself because I'm becoming a person of the word. Listen to Job 23, 12 as Jeremy comes to the piano. I love what Job said. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Will you listen to that truth again? That, that, is, a, that is a great word. Write, write that verse down. Maybe put this verse on your on a, on a postcard. On a, on a, on a, why you, a postcard? You can send it to somebody. Maybe on an index card. I can't think of the word. Job 23, 12, the NIV. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Oh, I know y'all. I know me. I like me some daily bread. Matter of fact, I'm thinking right now, I done preached my heart out. I'm going to have some lunch in a little bit. And I'm going to participate in some daily bread. But God, I want to love your word. I want to treasure the living Christ in his word more than I do that earthly stuff. It's temporary. I talked to a guy the other day as I close. I talked to a man as a champion for Jesus Christ. And as I was talking to him, I'm just known to be a student of the word. And he says, man, you remember? I said, yeah. He said, I don't remember so much anymore, Keith. 
said, I've got Alzheimer's. And I stepped back and I said, you do? And then the Lord quickened me with this. I said, but you love the word of Jesus. You taught me the word of Jesus one time in my life. And I bet you have the scripture in your heart. He smiled at me. He goes, Keith, I've written out pages and pages and pages of scriptures that I've memorized. And I still know them. But I wrote them down just to remember in case I forget. We had a little fellowship and I walked away. And I thought, man, here's a man that loves the Word of God and lives the Word of God. And his memory's quickly fading. We have our minds. We have the mind of Christ, the Scripture says, if we're in Christ. Let's love His Word more than we do daily bread. Let's pray. God, thank You for remembering us and loving us. Thank You for the Word that is alive and dynamic. And God, may the word transform and change even our minds and our patterns of living. Today, God, by your Holy Spirit, would you create hunger in this room for the word individually and then collectively. Make us people that love your book, but love to obey your book and love to do your your word. Bless us until we meet again, mighty Father. You are faithful and good.